Now that the dust has settled on the midterm elections, it's time to regroup. And what is the future of state constitutional amendments? I'll have an expert on the program today. Also, I'll have a review on the movie, Till. Plus, give an update on the border battle over abortion. Stay tuned. Activist Radio, The Mark Harrington Show, is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can support our work by going to createdequal.org. On the right side of the homepage, you'll see a little donate link. If you click on that, you can support our work where we're taking abortion victim photography and video to college and high school campuses all across America. And if you like the program, share the program and leave a five-star review. We're on all the popular podcasting platforms as well as terrestrial radio here in the state of Ohio and elsewhere around the country. Well, we're still trying to get our hands around what happened last Tuesday in the, uh, the midterm elections. We're on the other side of that. We're still evaluating things. And we know this, that the pro-life issue did not fare very well when it came to the constitutional amendments. And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time today talking about that. Also, in the later of the program, I'm going to give a little review of the movie Till, which is about Emmett Till. And I think I'll just say this. Everybody should go see it. I think it's a powerful uh, uh, movie about the life of Emmett Till. In, in fact, more more than him, it's about his his mother and her courage to show the truth of uh, racial injustice in the South in the 1950s and 60s. And also we'll be talking about our ultrasound van that we'll be deploying here, hopefully within the next several months on uh, the border of Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania. But let's get to our first topic, and that is constitutional amendments. And I have as my guest today, John Stemberger, and he is the president of Florida Family Policy Council. John, thanks for taking the time to be on the program today. Sure, Mark. Thank you for having me and thank you for your work. Appreciate that. Well, the reason I want to have you on, John, I'm a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine, sent me uh, your article talking about these constitutional amendments. And this was right after the Kansas defeat. And if our viewers and listeners don't know, there was a constitutional amendment that was put on the ballot in Kansas a while back uh, that would just basically say that the Constitution of Kansas does not confer the right to abortion. That's all it was going to say. And it went down, was defeated in the red state of Kansas. And that started getting everybody's attention, especially myself, when I started thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the future? And of course, we saw this happen in Michigan. Uh, unfortunately, there was a, a, a ballot measure there that would expand abortion up to the very moment of birth. That passed. And then in Kentucky, a very similar measure that was put on the ballot, like Kansas, and that went down to feet as well, amongst the others, of course, typically in California and Vermont. We knew what was going to happen there. The real shocker was Montana. I mean, I don't understand what happened there, but they, the, the voters there said it was okay to not provide, you know, basic medical care to a baby that would be born alive on a failed abortion. But all said and done, the pro-life issue did not fare very well on uh, election day. And I just want to talk to you about the, uh, the, the piece you wrote on your website about the, I guess you could say, the uh, ill-advised 
uh, idea of putting these uh, pro-life constitutional amendments on the ballot because we've seen two of them go down to defeat and then this Michigan result. And I, I just want to, because I know there are people within your state, there are people across the country who are considering this. And I, I kind of wanted to go through that with you and get your take on that. So if you would kind of explain your thinking on this, because you are likely going to be facing what we are in Ohio. And that is the pro-abortion industry is going to put something similar to what Michigan saw here most recently on the ballot, either in 23 or 24. Sure. Thanks, Mark. So um, each state is very different. We have to look at that. And each state has to come up with its own strategy. Of how are we going to strangle this horrible procedure? Um, right. Unless a state has a direct abortion right that is expressly mentioned in their constitution, which only amounts a handful of states, you should really try every other strategy possible uh, because these amendments are very, very expensive. They're very difficult. And um, unless you've got polling that's right on point, that you have well over what you need. In Florida, we have a 60% hurdle. There's a couple right. of other states that have similar high hurdles that require super majorities. So, uh, yeah, I mean, since Kansas now, it's a total of six states where we've either had bad life amendments or good life amendments, and they've all failed and gone the wrong way. So we just have to be very strategic as a movement. And there's mm -hmm. people in Florida proposing that we do this again. Uh, we're taking a formal position that that's unwise and really a waste of our resources. And the other thing, Mark, is that, you know, all of our states, we're going to be seeing these bad reproductive freedom amendments. They're going to be highly funded by some George Soros funded or some other organization. And we need to be prepared to kill those. Um, and right. not have to be distracted by other amendments that are trying to collect petitions and all of that. So yeah. it's just an unwise thing. I think we need to, you know, if we're going to, we need to be strategic. We need to do things that are actually going to work. Um, and so this is our position in Florida that we're just not supporting um, these pro-life petitions. So what do you attribute the defeat of these constitutional amendments to? I mean, there's been a lot of opining about this, you know, post-mortem. Yeah. Uh, about why these failed and a post-Row America. What's your take on that? Well, I think the bottom line is the se there's several dynamics for each state and without drilling out to each one of them in detail, <clears throat> the biggest right. picture is we need to go back to the basics, uh, educating mm -hmm. people. Mark, what you do, I mean, you literally educate people of the horrors of abortion. Those college students that are then going to go out and be business people and run for office. Right. You, you're doing the right thing. We need to educate people as to what abortion is, um, why it's bad and why adoption is the best option. Right. I mean, we have tens of thousands of people going overseas to adopt mm -hmm. kids. These are married yeah. mothers and fathers that have qualified families. And we need to be saying loud and clear, adoption is always the better option, right? And so yeah. we just need to do a better uh, job at making the case. But I think even in the candidate elections, where you see candidates that were unapologetic about mm -hmm. the issue, they understood how to defend the issue, including the rape and incest question, which is really a bogus question, but still needs to be addressed substantively. Where, where candidates did that, they fared pretty well. I mean, you look at Ron right. DeSantis in Florida. I mean, no, he's mm -hmm. an anomaly. He's now become kind of the standard. But um, in places, even Carrie Lake, I'm not sure where her race is going to end up. It looks like she may not do it. But she had an amazing defense of life. I don't know if you saw those clips. But very strong, mm -hmm. very articulate, very yeah. winsome, but uncompromising. Every life has value, irrespective of how it came about. There's lots of ways. Politicians need to be trained on how to 
address these issues and do so in a winsome mm-hmm. way without compromise uh, because you lose votes in the Republican Party when you compromise and then you also become squishy and, and you just you basically lose in the margin. So mm-hmm. I think that that's the biggest thing is we need to train our candidates. We need to continue to educate the public. And we, if we're going to really do this in the long run, we need to have a culture of life so that we mm-hmm. look back on this issue like we look back on slavery and say, how, hor- how could we ever do such a horrible thing in our society? So I think right. that's the beginning and the end of the answer. Well, I agree 100 percent with you, of course. And I, I think that we have a winning message. I mean, we understand that life is precious. We can communicate that. We also understand that abortion is an act of violence that kills a baby. And we should not shy away from that message because we need to juxtapose the decision to kill a child next to the decision to adopt or parent. And which is going to be the worst of the choices, right? Uh, if people understand, truly understand what abortion is and does, they're, they're not going to choose abortion. Uh, and that's our that's going to be our job to change culture, because I've made this case before. And that is that we still have a, an electorate that around 60 percent of the American people support abortion in the first trimester of pregnancy. That did not change when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, so we've got a lot of work to do. Let's talk specifically about Florida. Obviously, a bright light on uh, Election Day, as was Ohio, I have to say. <laughs> you know, we were thankful for what happened here in our own state. But uh, what you're looking at in Florida is more than likely a constitutional amendment. Now, my question is this. Why would pro-abortion advocates want to do that in a red state that was strongly uh, in support of Ron DeSantis, a pro-life uh, governor in 20, let's say 2024. How do you see that as, whereas what, why wouldn't they do it somewhere else? Yeah. So that's a good question. I'm just assuming that they're going to try this everywhere. If they, if they can win in Kansas and Montana, they're right. used to violating the pig rule and that's simply don't yeah. be a pig. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I think that they'll probably make us spend money and then just put it up. And, you know, it's very easy for them to get something on the ballot because they have these billionaires that'll fund these paid petition gathering you know, efforts. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I'm assuming it's going to happen. It may or may not happen, but I'm assuming that it will happen. And we need to be ready for them in every state to defeat them. So, Well, in Ohio, we, I don't know if you know our situation, but we had, uh, <clears throat> we have a majority on the, our Supreme Court, thankfully, that was confirmed on election day. And now we have the, uh, the Ohio heartbeat bill, which has been held up in court, which will now go to the Supreme Court here in Ohio. And we think it's going to be upheld and enforced. So like Florida, if we can win that in our Supreme Court, then we're we're in good shape because we're trying to stop a kind of a state version of Roe v. Wade from happening. And I think that's what you're doing in Florida. Yeah, we have a state decision that's like Roe versus Wade. It's not there's no abortion right in our privacy amendment in the Constitution. It was just interpreted wrongly. It was meant for informational privacy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so. Unless you have an express right to abortion, there's no need for a constitutional amendment, especially when you have right, a court. Exactly. We have the most conservative pro-life appellate court in the country right now. And so mm-hmm. with the same justices that overturned Roe in Florida, we're counting on our state Supreme Court justices to look at that amendment and say, it doesn't say abortion. It's not the context for abortion. And from a textualist standpoint or just an originalist public intent, there's no way the people understood this to be a right to abortion when they adopted it in 1980. 
Well, and I just want to send a message to all the well-meaning pro-life advocates out there that are thinking that we need to change the Constitution to either confer rights uh, to the unborn or just to say that the Constitution of that state does not have the right to abortion within it, to hold off. <laughs> Let's hold off. Let's beat back and win and defeat these uh, or defeat these pro-abortion amendments that are going to be coming down the pike in large order and high order here soon in states like Florida, even in Ohio, we're, we're already hearing rumblings about this. I'm sure this is going to be happening in some of the key battleground states in 24 in hopes they're, they're hoping that that might, you know, help Joe Biden win a reelection. I'm certain that's part of their, their calculus. And so friends, you know, just, just take a pause here. Let's take a deep breath, look at the landscape and let's try to defeat these these measures that are coming our way. So, uh, uh, so if you would, Mark, John, just a couple of things I wanted to say. Sure. Uh, some Feel some free. of these brothers that are doing these amendments, these are dear brothers. These are solid gut right. pro life guys. So it's this is not a Agreed. personal issue. This is a strategic issue. And the other thing is that if if these things go on the ballot, once they fail, boy, the politicians are right there going. The people have spoken, and it'll be decades before any pro life laws get passed in that in that state. So once you do this, you're locking in pro-abortion laws for decades and there will be no change at all. That's a great point. I think we've already seen that in the Senate where, you know, they say, oh, Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Right. So now we don't have to deal with this on the federal level, which isn't true. Of course, there is a federal component here. And a lot of Republican candidates ran for cover on the abortion issue. And of course, they didn't fare very well, but we don't want that to be happening uh, at the state level. So, uh, John, before we depart here, I want to get your take generally, and I probably should have brought this up first <laughs> instead of now. But what's your what's your general view of the election? Because I think a lot of people are really discouraged about what happened uh, on Election Day with now we've apparently lost the U.S. Senate. The House of Representatives is still you know up and up for grabs. Uh, and it just, you know, from a pro-life conservative perspective, it wasn't what a lot of people were predicting. Yeah. So obviously in Florida specifically, we had a great night. We won three, we flipped three congressional seats, uh, Democrat to Republican. We won a new seat that was just created. Um, we had all, almost a nine member gain of Republicans in the house, most of those being pro-life mm-hmm. and a four member gain in the state Senate. Um, we gained all of our uh, cabinet, statewide cabinet posts, got rid of a Democrat that was on the statewide cabinet post. So we had a great night in Florida. Uh, unfortunately, as you as you as you say, it wasn't the same everywhere else. Um, and it's really hard to know what exactly the issues were. Right. Strategically, yeah. I think clearly we have candidates that are not the best candidates. Right. For mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. Some of look great, but not are not substantively great. <laughs> Uh, you know, others uh, are substantively great, but are too strong. You know, there's the Trump factor. It's really too complicated, I think, to make a, an evaluation exactly what the problems were. But clearly where there was strong leadership, right, that was unapologetic on the conservative core issues, including life, those people did very well. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of the secret sauce. My guest has been uh, John Stenberger, president of Florida Family Policy Council. And you can go to flfamily.org. That's flfamily.org. I exhort you to do that and read his blog, uh, his opinion piece on uh, why it's ill-advised, at least at this time, 
to be putting pro-life constitutional amendments on the ballot and how we need to be fighting against and trying to defeat the types of things that have happened in Michigan. John, thanks for being on the show. Sure. Thanks, Mark. Recently, our team went and saw the movie Till, which is the story of Emmett Till, or I should say more appropriately, it's actually the story of Mamie Till, his mother. Uh, and of course, if you follow history, you know that the uh, Emmett Till murder, the brutal murder of Emmett Till in the 1950s, was a catalyst to the civil rights movement. And of course, we use the story in our own presentations to talk about the similarities between the civil rights movement and the pro-life movement, and especially the willingness and the courage of Mamie Till to defy all the odds and all those who wanted her to close the casket on her son during the funeral. She refused to do that and showed the world what racial injustice looked like, and it changed America forever. So what we want to do here, I'm going to play a clip of the trailer, and this is Till, which is in theaters currently. Can I at least just fix them up a bit? No, they have to see it for themselves. You tell me, maybe, how is risking your life gonna help them? Those pictures of your son change people's lives. I can't look, baby. We have to. All right, so that's just a really small clip of the trailer, but this is one of the m most important scenes in the entire movie, uh, except for maybe the actual footage of Emmett Till in after he was brutally murdered in Money, Mississippi. But in that trailer, uh, she says to a family member, we have to look, because there were people telling Mamie Till not to show the body of her son. Uh, because for obvious reasons, if you had a young son or uh, that was brutally murdered, would you want the world to see him? I, as a father, I sure wouldn't if that would ever happen to me. But she thought, she thought beyond her own personal interests for the interests of others and knew that this could be used, that the death of her son could be used to further racial equality in America. And she was right. Um, so when she said, we have to look, even though they wanted to fix him up and the coroner wanted to keep the casket closed, Mamie Till opened the casket on racial injustice. And so it should be true with us as well as pro-life advocates. We should be willing to open the casket on abortion. The lessons learned in the civil rights movement are this, that social reformers, successful social reformers are never going to uh, uh, outlaw injustice by covering it up. And just as it worked with the civil rights movement, so it should work with the pro-life movement. And that is, we need to show the victims of abortion. We need to open the casket on abortion and be unashamed in our willingness to show the victims of abortion. That's the only way we're going to prevail against abortion and prevail on the American people in public opinion, just as it was true in the civil rights movement. So we need to remove this uh, debate from the abstract and move it into the concrete, from the question of health care to what happens to a, a baby during an abortion. So I exhort you, friends, to go see the movie Till, which is a story of Emmett Till, or I should say 
the story of his mother, Mamie Till. It's at theaters currently. It's worth the price of admission. I tell all your friends and family, especially if you're a pro-life advocate or Christian, to go see the movie. And the lesson learned is this, that visuals of injustice are indispensable to exposing the evil of the act. So friends, I want to give you a quick update on our border states rescue uh, unit, or you could call it the the mobile ultrasound if you'd like. Uh, Because of the elections, it's even more important that we deploy this as soon as possible on border states that are abortion havens, such as Michigan, Pennsylvania, possibly in Illinois and other states because the pro-abortion movement is on the move. They are one step ahead of us right now in deploying their own abortion clinics, mobile abortion clinics, mobile killing centers. Think about that in states like Illinois and Colorado. We have an article here by LifeSite News that talks about how the organization called Just the Pill is deploying a mobile abortion mill in the state of Colorado. And the reason for that is because there are border states around Colorado, like Texas, Kansas, uh, and other states that are abortion free. And so it is that women who are considering abortion who live in Texas and states that border Colorado are coming to Colorado to kill their children. And they want to be at the border to be able to provide uh, the service of abortion to women who might be coming there to procure them. So Planned Parenthood is on the move with these, literally, these mobile killing centers. And we are just one step behind them right now by deploying our own mobile units or what I like to call mobile rescue units on the borders. And we are hopefully going to deploy one here soon on the border of Michigan and Pennsylvania. We have currently the uh, we've purchased the van. Uh, It's just the shell. That means that it's not outfitted or they call it upfitted, actually. It's just the shell. It's a Ford Transit. It's being currently upfitted to be a mobile medical center. And once it is, then it's going to be ready to deploy. All we have to do is hire ultrasound technicians. And so we are in the business right now of trying to locate folks that would be willing to volunteer their time or for a low hourly rate, help us out, who are already ultrasound technicians or nurses. And so that's that's currently what we're doing. And uh, we need your help, friends. Uh, we are we've we've raised enough money to buy the ultrasound itself, the device, and the van, just the shell. We just need the money now to upfit it. And we're looking at about sixty thousand dollars to put the mobile clinic in. And if you're watching by video, you can see what that looks like. Uh, And then once it's ready to go, we can deploy it on these border states. This is the future, friends. We have to play the guerrilla warfare game. We have to be one step ahead of Planned Parenthood. The days of the tactics of the pre-Row era are over. We're living in a totally different paradigm now. Planned Parenthood's mobile. The, The brick and mortar abortion facilities themselves are likely to become a thing of the past, at least in large part. And so now the mail-in abortion pill or more mail-out, I guess, abortion pill is going to take shape. 
and these mobile units. I suspect, I predict, I guess, that Planned Parenthood and Just the Pill and all these other pro-abortion groups are going to be investing in these mobile units to put in abortion haven states like Illinois, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan, New York, and places like that. And so, friends, we want to stay up with them. And so we need your financial support. Go to createdequal.org, and you can click on the donate link on the right side. Just say, I want to give to the Ultrasound Project, and you can help to outfit this unit. We're hoping to deploy more than one of these, but we want to get one on the road as fast as we can. And once we get it on the road, then we can start working on deploying our second one. So you can help out. Again, go to createdequal.org, donate to help with the mobile ultrasound unit. And let me finish off by saying this. If you want to send a message to Curtis Bay, uh, that is this medical waste company, so-called, that burns children for electricity, and I know it's hard to believe, but it's true, then we have a a way of notifying, sending an email, a letter to the CEO, Mark Zafani. You can go to markharringtonshow.com and it'll pop up and you can send that letter to the CEO telling him to stop uh, providing this service, so-called, to the abortion industry. Stop being a uh, complicit towards the abortion industry because if we can sever the weak link of medical waste companies to surgical abortion, we can end surgical abortion. So you can find that, uh, that, that petition or that letter at markharringtonshow.com. Uh, it'll come up on a pop-up. So thanks for joining us, friends. And if you would, please share the program and leave a five-star review. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.